You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Presented by Quicken Loans and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And what are you doing on this beautiful summer weekend? We hope it involves a lounge chair, a nice cool drink, just some chill out (laughs) time around the old Money Pit. We did plenty of that this past weekend, but you know, also did a little bit of home improvement. And if you're mixing some of that in and maybe you need a hand, don't quite know how to start, where you're going with it, whether you can do it yourself or you need to hire a pro or you just want to get some tips and advice to get the whole thing on the road. Well, that's what we are here to do. And you can help yourself though by calling in your question 24-7 to 888-MONEY-PIT. Does not matter when you're hearing the show. Uh, we answer those calls 24-7 at 888-666-3974. And if we're not in the studio, we'll call you back when we are. Hey, coming up on today's show, summer vacation season is in full swing. But when you leave your house, it is very susceptible to break-ins. That's when a lot of burglaries happen. When homes are vacant and folks are away, the burglars love to play. We're going to have an update on some surprisingly simple ways to keep burglars out of your house, plus info on the wireless home security system marketplace. Right now, it is so competitive, it's fantastic because it's keeping prices down while it's raising the bar on keeping your home secure. We'll have that info in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, trees are great for shade and they're super fun for kids to climb. But on the downside, a tree can block a view or even damage sidewalks and driveways with roots that grow out of control. Well, we're going to have a solution other than cutting it down. And if you're thinking about updating your kitchen, but you're concerned about the costs and the complications of that project, we're going to have tips on easy updates you can do over a weekend that can totally transform your space without the hassles or the expense. But first, we want to hear from you. Give us a call. Let us know what you are working on. We've got a few weeks left in the summer. I know I'm not trying to rush it, but let's get these projects done while the weather is fantastic and enjoy the outside while we're doing it. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Terry in Alaska's on the line has some questions about kitchen design. How can we help you? Um, working on my third house. Third house supposed to be free when you build them yourself, but that ain't working out. <laughs> but uh, at the point here, we got the kitchen cabinets all uh, brand new from the factory in boxes, and now we're at the countertop dilemma before we really get going. And uh, every one of these uh, TV shows, if they ain't granite, the people are like, I ain't buying the house and that kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking uh, granite and any of that stone stuff, so over $100 a square foot around these parts. So I'm trying to... Uh, the last lamp that we had was pretty darn good and uh, kind of wondering if what in the future here, uh, 
Is laminate dead? <laughs> I don't think so. What do you think, Leslie? I mean, I do not think so. I use them a lot on projects for work, and I use them on my TV design shows. I actually just did a bakery in Brooklyn for our design show on the Bravo Network, and I used a laminate that looked just like a Carrera marble. I mean, granted, it had seams in some places, and you you know you knew it wasn't the real deal, but it looked gorgeous, and it was like a fraction of the cost. I mean, it's really amazing how many options there are. There's a couple of brands you should look at. It's Formica, it's Laminart, and Wilson Art. And you can order sheets from them. I mean, you might find a better option than what you might find at your local home center. I don't know how much shipping might be to Alaska, but you know, you, there's a ton of great options out there from things that look like a natural surface to just completely outrageous things. So I, I wouldn't be afraid of a laminate. I did see they started having better, uh, I don't know, the edge trim, and then they tried to make the 45-degree miters go away better. I got like 50 square foot of this stuff, and I was thinking if if I buy granite, I got to stare at granite the rest of my life because it costs so much, but if I buy laminate and I don't yeah. like it a couple of years down the road, I can rip it out and put some new in without too much work. All those people that get granite, they love it when they first get it, and then they slowly but surely begin to hate it because it's hard to take care of because it's stone yeah. and I mean, it soaks up. Yeah, it soaks up everything. I, I don't hate it for the maintenance reasons. I just don't like the look of it anymore. Yeah. When they're doing uh, open houses around here, I kind of run through some of them. And uh, and I see that they basically put the granite countertop in there. But they got the cheapest cabinets you could possibly buy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're making up for it somewhere. But I'm not. I guess. It's not a pig to me. So I'm not playing that game. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Terry. We hope that helps you out. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Marianne in Tennessee is on the line and has some concerns about asbestos. Tell us what's going on. Working on an older house, it was built in 1937, I know that there, I was told that there was concerns with maybe the linoleum that's on the floor. There's just a little bit in the kitchen and in the bathroom, and before I took it up, I didn't know whether I needed to check it for asbestos, if there was any other places I needed to check as well. So this is old linoleum. Now we're talking about tile here. It's sheet linoleum. Yes. I've not heard that sheet linoleum contains asbestos. I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's more a, a tile. And it's a nine-by-nine nine tile, and it's always in, like, very specific colors that you'll know when you see it that that's an asbestos tile. And, like, they don't make a nine-by-nine nine anymore. Like, this is it. Yeah. I mean, the only way to really know for sure is to have it tested. But linoleum is generally not something that's associated with asbestos. And, and if, even if it did, uh, it would be contained inside of a binder, which makes it less likely to be removed, to be exposed to the air. Now, once you take that up, though, you also don't know what's underneath it. You could be revealing some other tile like that 9 by 9 that Leslie was was uh, was talking about. Uh, but that said, it generally is a good idea to pull up old floors before you put down new ones. So we hope that helps you out. Okay. Is there any place else I need to be concerned about on the asbestos? Well, you would generally find it wrapping um, water pipes. Um, and it looks almost like an old-fashioned cast. Like you can see it's like a, a flaky substance that's like wrapped with almost like a plaster of Paris. And you'll know that also when you see it, and that's asbestos. And while that has very low levels, I would not tackle it myself. You should get a pro always to do it if you see it. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You are listening to The Money Pit. Give us a call with your home decor or your remodeling question right now to 888-MONEYPIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. The fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. And just ahead, we've got tips to help stop break-ins without breaking your budget. That and more when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. 
Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Where home solutions live, this is The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your how-to question at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. They really have the best local pros for any home service. That's right. doesn't matter what the project is. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated pros. And there are no membership fees. It's 100% free to use HomeAdvisor.com. So, Leslie, I mentioned that I was doing a bit of uh, home improvement this past weekend, and I uh, thought I'd talk a little bit about one of the projects. I had a tree that I had to take out that was about uh, 15, 16 inches in diameter. Big tree. Pretty good-sized tree, but it was a maple tree and uh, had some insects that had gotten into it, and it just was sort of stealing light from another adjoining tree. Decided it was time to thin it out. So I took it out myself, and I got the stump cut down to a little bit below grade. But, of course, I still have a stump. Now, I wasn't about to go out and rent uh, you know, a 1,000-pound stump grinder for this one little tree. Plus, I got it somewhat below grade. So what I did, I took an approach that will let the stump rot much faster than if I didn't do anything at all. And what you do is this. You drill holes in that stump, and you want to drill them. I drilled them with about a one-inch drill bit that I had. Okay. And I drilled about 30 holes in there, the full length of the drill bit, which in my case was about 10 inches. I had a big drill. So now I got this stump full of holes. Then what you do is you fill all of those holes with Epsom salts. Fill it all the way to the top, get some hot water, as hot as it comes out of the tap, and then saturate all those holes, let that Epsom salt melt, and get down into the wood. What it does is it dries out the stump, and it accelerates the rotting. And I know that that stump now, uh, within just a few months, will be really soft and gooey and rotted at the top, and I'll never see it again. I mean, that's pretty cool that that's like a great way to do it. I've heard all sorts of crazy things. I remember one time my uncle, Pat, he said, oh, I heard that you kind of pour some gasoline on it and set it on fire and it will burn the whole stump out. Well, apparently that does not work. So do not do that. <laughs> I know he had a very uh, good sized yard fire when he did that project. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know, there is an approach that does work um, where you actually can burn a stump out, but it's not quite as simple as what old Uncle Pat did. You have to drill holes in and they have to actually have intersects with holes that go down the side of the stump. So it creates like this sort of Venturi effect, this... Uh, place where ventilation and air can kind of flow through 
and it can burn down and burn slowly. You can also put hot charcoals on top of it. But again, they're all, you know, kind of dangerous approaches. And so I would take this very safe approach of just letting Mother Nature do it with a little help from Epsom salts. Or if you really absolutely positively got to get rid of it, then just have a tree pro come in and grind it out and you'll be done with it in a, in a jiffy. Hey, if you want to be done with your home improvement projects in a jiffy, give us a call right now. We'll give you the tips you need to get those projects done fast, get them done right, so you won't have to do them again. The number again, 888-MONEYPIT. John in Virginia is on the line with a question about building a deck and maybe a pool someday. This sounds like a great yard. What's going on? Yeah, thinking about, or I'm going to be building a deck and thinking about eventually building a pool to wrap underneath of it. And I was just curious as, as far as what I need to consider when initially building the deck enough to preclude the pool underneath, uh, and or just if, you know, that kind of concept will just, you know, add a ton to the cost. I've not seen too many decks that had pools underneath. So you're talking about a second-story deck with a pool that extends underneath of it? Is that the idea? That's the idea. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's think about this. First of all, if you have a deck on top of it, you're going to... um you're going to have a lot of rain that goes through the deck. You're going to collect tree droppings and things like that through that deck. They're going to drop into the pool. Supporting that is going to be tricky because you're going to have to have some sort of a beam that extends the width of the pool and that all the support structure for the pool to, um, to hold it up. And if you build the pool after the deck, you probably will have to take the deck apart to get that done because that whole area would be excavated. Are we talking about a below grade, an in-ground pool here? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, the order of events would be to do the pool first and then the deck because I don't see how you're going to be able to have a deck out and build a pool around it. You need a lot of heavy equipment to get in there for one thing, and you're not going to be able to do it when you're trying to uh, worry about a deck. Plus, as I said, the support for that's going to have to be very, very long. Uh, to, to, to span the width of the pool. I think this is the kind of project that I would go to an architect for, frankly. I wouldn't try to figure this out in the back of a sheet right, of paper. Right. Okay, no, okay. I would design this very carefully um, to make sure that we're, we're enabling, uh, our plan enables us to, uh, to do the work that we want to do, uh, whether we have to do it before we put the deck in or after. But I would definitely have this designed before I uh, even thought about uh, picking up a hammer and a saw. Thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Sounds like a cool idea, but man, it's tough from a design perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You you want to make those decisions early so that it's not a big project down the road. Plus, making those decisions now ensures that it's a beautiful project that's going to last and then you can really enjoy it. Well, midsummer is a top getaway season, but if you're leaving an empty house behind, the way you leave that house can make it more of a target for burglars. Yeah, here's an example. I think people have always thought, oh, we're going away, close the shades, close the shutters, but don't do that. That's kind of a dead giveaway that the place is empty. Instead, leave some of those first floor drapes drawn to avoid outsiders casing your home through the windows and leave those upstairs shades up. Yeah, and better yet, just leave the shades at varying levels of open and close as you normally would. You also want to use timers for lights, but also for music players and TVs so that there appears to be some activity at different times of the day and the night. And, you know, there's no better deterrent than a good security system. And right now there is a ton of competition from brands, big and small, seeking to make you their customer. Now, the nice thing is that this has created a lot of choices for you. Now, it used to be that when you wanted a home security system, you kind of had to sit through a high-pressure sales presentation and then getting an expensive monitored system. It's not like that anymore. 
Yep, but now there are a lot of great systems on the market that take care of both those concerns. Without the electrical work or the drilling, it makes it a very easy project you can do yourself. The systems are completely wireless and professionally monitored, and even the monitoring expenses come way, way down. We're talking like not $40 a month, like $10 a month or $15 a month. So a lot of options today in wireless home security, all of which can help keep your home safe when you're there and, most importantly, when you are away. 888-666-3974. We are not away. We're here right now taking your calls, your questions. You can also post them to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. Lynn in Mississippi's on the line and is having an issue with a pear tree. What is going on that doesn't involve a partridge? Hi. Yes, ma'am. I have a Bradford pear tree, but I think I made a mistake. I'm not sure, but I let it grow up right next to my house. Okay. My foundation is concrete, and um, the tree has now gotten probably, I'm guesstimating, maybe 15 feet tall, and it's got like three trunks. It's very, very pretty, and it looks good, but now I'm get, I've gotten concerned. Um, my concrete foundation is pretty thick, but does Bradford pear trees have a tendency to try to grow up through concrete foundation? You know, pear trees don't get that big to a point where they typically impact foundations. And if they did, you would probably see some evidence of that. So, you know, while it sounds big to you, uh, you know, pear trees, standard pear trees get to be like, you know, 18 to 20 feet tall or so. And that's just not big enough to really do much foundation damage. So I think you can live with that for a while. Just keep an eye on it. I, I wouldn't tear that out. That is wonderful news. Okay. What should I look for? I mean, can I go on the outside where it's right there close to the house? Is there something that I can look for that will kind of tell me it could be a problem before it actually starts buckling my concrete? Actually, you would see it on the inside. If you saw any cracks forming in the concrete opposite where the pear tree is, that would be a good indicator of it. But, boy, it takes an awful lot of force to do that. And, and trees are going, the roots are going to try to find the path of least resistance. So I just don't think it's very likely that you're going to see that. But I'd see it on the, see it on the inside first, okay? Thank you so very much. I'm going to leave it alone. Don in Colorado's on the line with a window question. What is going on at your money pit? My house has a window. It's a vinyl double-pane window that somehow or another collects lots of condensation. Um, and this happens typically in the winter. And what happens is this condensation has kind of created some mold and some mildew in the channels of the window inside, and I'm wondering what's the best way or what's the best solution or a powder or product that I could use in that thing to uh, clean that mold and mildew up. Well, first of all, the cause of this is that the insulated glass in your windows is not really doing a very good job. So when you have a, uh, the temperature from the outside, basically chilling that entire window, we're making its way across that insulated space to the inside, and then the warm, moist air inside your house strikes the glass and condenses. That's what causes the steady stream of moisture. And one of the things that can happen when things get wet is it can grow mold. So basically what you have now is kind of a maintenance headache. And it's just going to be a matter of keeping that clean. You asked what can you use to to clean that, to treat that. You know, you can use something natural like vinegar or you can use something natural like borax, but it's basically a maintenance job. You're always going to have to be cleaning and drying those spaces out. 
because unless you change your windows or reduce the amount of humidity inside the house, you're always going to have this problem. Now, what you might want to think about doing if you decide to tackle windows is just do the ones that are the worst first. Typically, they're on the north and east sides of the house. That's usually the coldest sides of the house. And use replacement windows instead of new construction windows, which are going to fit into the old window openings. And they're a lot easier to install than than uh, new construction windows where you have to tear off siding and reflash all around it. So that's really your option here. That's what's causing it, and, and that's kind of what you're up, up against. It's basically going to be a maintenance issue until you replace those windows. Thank you very much for the, for the suggestion. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, sometimes plans for your yard or for your house change, and a tree can become an obstacle instead of a beautiful piece of landscaping. If that tree is small enough, however, you can transplant it instead of chopping it down. Roger Cook from This Old House is stopping by to tell you how in just a bit. And today's edition of This Old House on the Money Pit is brought to you by ADT. Introducing ADT Go, the new family mobile safety app and service. Go to ADT.com to learn more today. With 36-month monitoring contract, early termination and installation fees apply. Certain markets excluded. Licenses available at ADT.com. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call with your how-to or decor question at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 
took on a project this weekend to help mom out, Leslie. You did? What are you working on over there? She had one big step to get into her house because the porch had kind of settled over the years, and it was a nine-inch step. That's kind of a big step for anybody, let alone a senior citizen. So what I did is I built a platform like a stoop that was half that height with a two-by-four and a piece of five-quarter decking. I basically made like a small stoop that cut that step half in heights. Now she steps on the stoop and then up into the house much easier and, most importantly, safer for my mom. Safe. I mean, that's really super important. And a really easy project and kind of a fun project, like a mini deck that was like two foot by three foot. (laughs) I mean, that's really great. You did a good job, Tom. Thanks. Catherine in Rhode Island's on the line with a leaky roof. Tell us about the problem, Catherine. Um, I have a a small... uh hole like in the ceiling in the corner of uh the back of the house and um i was just wondering if uh when i go to have it replaced uh how much of the plaster they're going to have to take down so you say it's a small hole so this is a hole that was caused by water damage uh yes it's um coming from the roof i'm gonna have to have a new roof also how old is the roof that you have now? Uh, the roof is about 20 years old. Okay. Well, it might be at the end of a normal life cycle. Uh, in terms of that, that ceiling space, um, you don't have to take a lot down. How, how big is the hole that you have right now? I would say it's about uh, eight inches across. Eight by what? It's just like a slit. So there's nothing open. It's just like a crack. Yes, it's like a crack. And the, and uh, water drips, but just from one area. It's just like a, sl- you know, a little drip. If it's not swollen or deformed in any way, then what you can do is you can add drywall tape across that crack, which would be perforated. You use It looks kind of like a mesh. It's a little sticky and it's like a mesh. And then you spackle over the tape. And so you can basically spackle this crack closed and then prime it and paint it without having to replace any of the drywall. Oh, really? Oh, well, thank you very much. I I thought I'd have to replace the whole ceiling. Nah, I don't let the contractors tell you it's any more than that. It's a real simple repair. If it's just a crack, it can be spackled, primed, painted, and you're good to go. Well, thank you very much. And I just want to add, I love listening to your show. I learned so much. I listen to it every Saturday night. Well, thank you very much, Catherine. We really appreciate it. Thanks again for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, let's face it. Sometimes plans for your yard or even your house change, and a tree can become an obstacle instead of a beautiful piece of landscaping. Well, if that tree is small enough, you can actually transplant it instead of chopping it down. Landscaping contractor Roger Cook from TV's This Old House is here to tell us how. And Roger, you've planted a lot of trees on the show, and not all of them came fresh from the nursery. So what are the keys to a successful transplant, and how big of a tree can we actually hope to move? You can move as big a tree as your wallet can afford. <laughs> Spoken like a true contractor, there Roger. There you go. Um, time of year is critical. Okay. We like to move things early in the spring before they leaf out or in the fall when the leaves have fallen off the tree. Both good times to put a tree in the ground and get it reestablished. So what are we talking about, like a three or four inch trunk? You can like do that. that. You can, in some situations, we've brought in tree spades and moved 30 or 40 foot trees that were growing on the site to a new location because... Unfortunately, we don't plan well enough. We don't plan for that tree to get as big as it, it did achieve, so we have to move it. Now, a tree spade is a, obviously a very uh, heavy piece of landscaping equipment, but if you're a homeowner and just want to move a small tree, what's the key to doing it?
doing that successfully, do you have to make sure you take enough of the root? That's the key to the whole thing is the more roots you can take, the better off you are. The first thing I do is evaluate the tree. Is it in good health? Is it structurally sound? Is it worth spending some money on and moving? If, if that's the case, then we go ahead and we'll dig the tree. Now, when we dig a ball on a tree, we like to have 10 to 12 inches of root ball diameter per inch of tree. So okay. if, if I have a four-inch tree, I want to dig a 40-inch root ball. So we just lay that out on the ground. We'll go and dig a trench around. We'll very carefully cut any roots we come across because roots that are cut clean heal faster. Mm-hmm. So oh, interesting. Down. So don't rip out the root. Just slice it, Right. If you cut it with a shovel, it's real ragged. It can get disease or just rot in the end so of it. So are you just exposing the root and then using, like, a good snipper or a saw? Not a good snipper and not a good saw because you're in the dirt. We use mm-hmm. our old loppers and our old tree saws for this type of work just to make a good clean cut on it now what we'll do is we'll dig down until we find no more roots we usually go down 12 to 18 inches on the average tree in depth once we dig all the way around and we dig underneath the tree we'll take some burlap wrap it and pin it around the ball to hold the soil in place and then we put twine jute twine around it and tighten it, and that even holds the soil together more. Now, how do you plan for the weight on something like this? I mean, that's got to weigh a ton. You've got a 40-inch wide by 12-inch deep root ball. I mean, that's not something Tom and I are going to go and be able to pick up this tree. Well, it, it, it is if you have the right equipment. On a small, tiny little tree, you could use like a dolly, you know, slide it underneath, mm-hmm. tip the tree back. But we have what's called a tree dolly, and that's set up with big tires and a lip on the front. So if you tip the tree down one way, slide the dolly underneath, and then chip the tree back, it sits right up on the dolly, and we can move it anywhere in the yard. And then if all else fails, I have a bobcat. I can move, <laughs> I can move just about anything with that. Now, I've seen those tree dollies. They kind of look like hand trucks, but with an extended sort of uh, lift gate. So so to speak, or right. lift. Right, and a lot of times you can rent those at a garden center. They'll rent them to you for the day, and that's a great way to move trees around. Now, once you've actually removed the tree and you've balled it up, do you have to plant it right away, or could it sit, say, for the winter? We've taken some out of houses that we're having additions put on, and we do a process which is called healing in. We deal a, dig a slight hole in the ground, maybe three or four inches deep. We set the tree down, and then we put mulch around it or wood chips, mm-hmm. and that encases it and helps it get through the season. And you can leave them there for a year or even two years huh. as and long as you water them. And that's while it's still wrapped. Right. Leave it just wrapped. Don't unwrap it. Just leave it just like it is. Water it, and then when the addition's done, you can take them all out and put them right back in the new addition. And when it's time to actually replant, any special steps you need to take? No, just like you would any other tree, new or old, you know, meaning a new plant you bought or a transplant, big hole, good soil, fertilizer, water. All right, great advice. Roger Cook from This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me. And, of course, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and a step-by-step video on tree transplanting, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by GMC Trucks and SUVs. Just ahead, if you're thinking about updating your kitchen but are concerned about the cost, we're going to have tips on easy updates you can do over a weekend that can totally transform your space without the hassles in today's Building with Confidence tip presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans next. Live in a body pit. Body pit. 
The Money Pit is presented by Rumblestone. Create a paver patio or walkway, garden retaining wall, grill enclosure, fire pit, or even an outdoor kitchen with Rumblestone from Pavestone. For project ideas and how-to videos, visit pavestone.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at one money pit presented by Home Advisor. All right, next up, we've got Sandy calling from Ohio, who's working on a painting project. How can we help you today? Yeah, I was looking for a product that um, you can take the varnish off your old kitchen cabinets um, without having to um, sand them. I was told there might be some new products out. Well, there's actually a product that's been around since 1936 that works, and that's called Rock Miracle. So not exactly new, but but does a great job. They've got a couple of different versions of it, but it's designed specifically to take off varnish. There is a a liquid uh, no-wash remover that basically removes paint, finishes, and varnish that you can use. You can check out their website at rockmiracle.com. But if you want to avoid uh, you know most of the sanding, that's a good place to go. And they have some environmentally friendly uh, versions of the product, too. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank you very much. You're very welcome, Sandy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, if home is where the heart is, then kitchens are clearly one of the vital organs that convert a house into a home. So it's no surprise that kitchen renovations are among the most popular remodeling projects tackled every year. But while any home improvement project can be complicated, major kitchen remodeling can turn your life completely upside down. Not to mention all of that fast food poundage you're going to be putting on waiting for the kitchen to welcome you back in. That's right. Now, to avoid the home improvement hassles, it makes sense to break down the projects into modules, you know, small parts that can be completed independently of one another. Not only does this make the project more manageable, these smaller changes can have a big visual impact and cut down on the need for more major makeovers. For example, changing your kitchen countertop, painting the cabinets, or just replacing all of that cabinet hardware are projects that can be done in hours, not weeks, and result in a very attractive and, quite frankly, big transformation. Yeah, and replacing the kitchen floors, improving the kitchen lighting, and just painting the room can give you a fresh new look in that space. And you can also just replace faucets with water-efficient models, as well as switch out old appliances for more Energy Star-certified products, and those will lower utility costs across the board. And today's Building with Confidence tip has been brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. It's completely online, reduces annoying and time-consuming paperwork, and gives you a real, accurate, and personalized mortgage solution based on your unique financial situation with no hidden fees or hassles. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. All right, Gene in Tennessee is up with a roofing problem. Tell us what's going on. About uh, 12 years ago, I, I built me a screened-in porch on my house. I got a ranch-type house. Okay. And, and I used the metal clips, the little hangers to hang my rafters, and I went in beside of my rafters coming off my existing house, and it only gives me a uh, one-inch drop per foot. And uh, I had a little trouble with it leaking, and so I had the regular asphalt shingles put on, and it leaked some. So when I had my new roof put on about two years ago, I, I seven years ago, I, I roofed the house, and they recommend I put a, a rubber roof on a 10 by 30 uh, addition to my house so the water would run off regular. And here recently, about two years ago, I had a 
one of the new shingles put on my roof, and I noticed that while I was up there that the rubber seems to be kind of breaking down a little. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, you have a low-slope roof. You originally had asphalt shingles on that, which was a mistake, because asphalt shingles you really need at least like a 312 pitch to put those on. If you've got a 112 pitch, that's not enough. So now you replace that with a rubber roof, which was the right thing to do, but now you're seeing the rubber roof start to crack. So your question is, how do I stop that? How do I protect it? How do I preserve it, correct? I won't, I won't add a few more. It was guaranteed 10 years, but it's about 7 years old now, and I want to make it last a little longer. You have some kind of coating. So what you want is simply roof paint. Now, roof paint is a very specialized type of paint. It's usually aluminum in color, and uh, sometimes they call it fibrous aluminum. And what it does is it has a high degree of, of UV reflectivity. So it reflects the UV from the sun back out again, and that keeps the roof cooler and makes it last longer. So I would I would definitely give it a coat of roof paint. And if you go to a, a home center or a, a roofing supply center and look for roof paint, you shouldn't have any problem finding it. Uh, it's very, very specialized. And we're not talking about, you know, the kind of paint you put on your walls. It's, it's a roofing product. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Next up, need a new closet but don't know where to begin? Well, begin with us. We're going to have tips after this. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question or your decor dilemma. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, where you can find top-rated home service pros, compare prices, and book appointments online all for free. You can also email us or post your question in the community section on moneypit.com. We're jumping into those questions right now, and I've got one here from Jack who posted, We do not have a closet in our bedroom. I want to build one, but I'm not sure how large it should be. Any rule of thumb for closet size? Well, I don't think anybody ever complained about having a closet that was too big. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I mean, in older homes, it wasn't unusual to come across bedrooms that did not have closets. That's why... Yeah, you had like armoires and like fancy furniture to put your stuff in. Yeah, that was, you know, used to store clothes and accessories. And and that's a trend that's somewhat on the rise with customizable wardrobes. But even in homes with added wardrobes and armoires, closets are never a bad idea, especially from a resale standpoint. Now, in terms of size... You know, you need to balance your storage needs with the right amount of square footage the room's going to lose because closets do add value, but not if they reduce a room to the size of a postage stamp. So it's kind of a balancing act, but to build them, it's pretty straightforward. You usually start in a corner and you're going to come out about three feet and then across the width of the closet, depending on the size. Just remember to work around the door size, work around the depth. Uh, and then just construct it and build it. And if you don't want to uh, have to worry about a door because it cuts into your room too much, you could easily use an accordion door or you can even use a curtain. Or you can use one of those awesome barn doors with like that yep. really cool oh, hardware right. and like, make yeah, it a feature. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many things you could do. And you'll be so happy to actually have a place to put your things. You could just throw them in and close the door and no one will know that there's a big mess. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got a post here from Charles. Now, Charles writes... 
our master bathroom's window has a crank attached to the window frame. The window's in good shape and the frame is too. My situation is that the crank doesn't operate the window to open or close anymore. It's almost like it feels as if it were stripped. Is this something I can fix myself? You know, it sounds like you found yourself, Charles, in the unfortunate situation where the window's hardware is actually worn out faster than the window itself. I mean, I, I can relate to this. I think a lot of us can. A few years back, I had the same issue with a bathroom window, and it got so bad that I went so far as to caulk it shut until I got around to actually replacing it so that it wouldn't get stuck in the open position, which is really bad in January, by the way. But a few months later, I did replace it. So my question to you is, do you know what brand of window you have? I mean, if you do, you might be able to get a hold of replacement hardware for the crank. Um, if not, you will have to replace the entire window, but there is a silver lining if you do find yourself in that scenario. All replacement windows are custom made by their very nature. That is, it's going to be designed to fit the exact size of the specific opening, and it might not be as an expensive or complicated project as you would expect. So good luck with it. Try to find that manufacturer first. If not, opt for a replacement window. It'll be much more energy efficient anyway. All right, Geraldine from New Jersey is writing in, and Geraldine says, I grew up in a house that had awnings. I have fond childhood memories of these beautiful awnings on my grandparents' home. We went and visited every summer. I see a lot more homes are popping up with awnings today. Is it a trend that's coming back and something we should consider? You know, I love the look of an awning, and I think with the right type of home, it really does dress it up kind of adorably, and you don't have to spend a ton of money. I was recently doing a project for a Bravo show, and I found one online from a company called OnTech. came in a variety of sizes, shipped in two days, and it was a black and white stripe, super cute, a ton of different styles. I mean, really easy to put up, and you don't have to spend a ton of money. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. If you've got tips, we've been advised 24-7 at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Now we let you go back to your lawn chair and your cool drink for the remainder of the afternoon. I'm Tom Kreitler. <laughs> and I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 